the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Does your probiotic contain clinically studied strains? Meet one. That does. Virtual Symbiotic Plus contains two of the world's most studied strains with over 350 publications of human clinical trials. I love Ritual. I've been using it for years, and Symbiotic Plus is a game changer. It's more than a probiotic. Three in one with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotic. Whoa. To support a balanced gut microbiome. It's a single nested minty capsule, one daily capsule for simple streamlined gut support, which I needed this past week because I went on antibiotics and you need it more than ever. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. There's no more shame in your gut game. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com Whitney to start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. First off, let me just, I am, truly this is the most excited I have been about a podcast. This is the most excited I have been about a guest. This person I have been a psycho fan of for 22 years. Uh, she's my celebrity crush and my high school bully. That's not true. <laughs> It's not true. I didn't know it was like completely deep in trauma. There's no way I could have nope, bullied anyone. Of course. There, <laughs> I did bully one person. First of all, Kate Siegel is here. You know her from the brilliant shows uh, Haunting of Hill House, Blythe Manor, Midnight Mass. Un unbelievable, unbelievable actress. Un so everything you say here, I'm going to take with a grain of salt today. Fair enough. Um, But I mostly invited her today because we went to high school together and I need someone to corroborate my age. That's 100% true. <laughs> Whitney is telling the truth about her age and your face looks the same. Really? Yeah. So does yours, bitch. I mean, Was you. it something about the like the water we were drinking? I and I have this theory about anxious women who have like a lot of blood rushing all the time. <laughs> I feel like I'm embalmed because I only Something. drank Diet Coke for like 20 years. Yeah, but I can tell you, like, I used to watch people tear you down on the internet, and I was, was like, broke and not a famous actress at all, so nobody listened to me. But I was like, that's what she's always looked like. She's saying her correct age. She's just always been famous, just some of that time she was in my high school. <laughs> that is so, okay, so this is wild. Kate and I have not seen each other. So... We will talk about, I want to, because I do want to talk about your career and I do want to talk about horror because I'm obsessed. But I do want to tell them the last time we saw each other on the street. This is going to be honestly the most mind-blowing uh, day of my life because we both have, uh, like, we had the same experiences but completely different takeaways, but we both felt the same way about each other. Mm -hmm. It's just, let's. First of all, let me just say how this is. I start every podcast asking the guest, "Are we friends?" Yes, we've been friends for the whole time. You I've were known always you too cool for, for me. Twenty-two years. That you were too cool <laughs> for <laughs> me. This <laughs> is unbelievable. Okay, so in high school, you were the first person who was nice to me on my first day of school. We we were in the bathroom with Ashley Elder, and I was just standing there, just like completely shell shocked and terrified because I left my other school because of death threats. I didn't know about this. Can yeah, you? and you don't have to expound upon it, but it, it from what I understand, it was like 
I mean, back then, yeah. cyberbullying wasn't even a... Well, this was the beginning of it, right? So, like, I'm as old as the hills. I just turned 40. And the hills are not 40 years old. I'm very young and fresh. <laughs> I take it back. Um, no ageism here. But it was before the internet was, like, a thing. And so there were, like, live journal pages. And at my public high school... Like, I had had this, listen, I am not an angel. I am not in any way, like, just a wandering victim. Like, I g gave as good as I got. Well, maybe not as good. As we all in high school. I was doing my best. Did, yeah. And, like, I didn't understand intimacy. And so any boy that wanted to make out with me, I was like, oh, that means I'm good and talented and lovable. And so, oh, you have a girlfriend? Oops, too bad. Mm -hmm. So I made enemies. But what ended up happening was they created this website called the Kate Siegelbaum truth page. And it was updated hourly about weird shit I did in every single class. <gasps> and so it was like, I could go home and just read all the ways I was disgusting and horrible all day that I didn't even fucking know I and did. And you didn't know who was doing totally it? Totally anonymous. Wait, and, what, um, high, what high school? Wooten. Wooten. And there was a Wooten truth page that did the same thing. I did crash into their sign. Thank you. If that makes you feel it any does. better. <laughs> now really, I don't feel I so bad about that. it. I do. Yeah, no, Kevin, just fuck them forever. Because I went and then there started being email death threats anonymous. <sighs> and I went to the principal because I was like a good girl in my heart. And the principal was like, that's not real. <gasps> the internet doesn't exist. Like, they, that's not what the internet's for. It's for, like, Jesus medical Christ. journals and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it really happens. And she's like, you're making this up. <gasps> And so I, this is when I started really getting into drugs, and I like I went from being like a very good girl to getting like D's, and and that summer, like a good Jewish girl, I went on my like birthright trip to Israel, and I went away from this world, and for like a month almost, I had a group of friends, and for the first time in my life, I was like, oh shit, the world can be different, and I called my mom from like some amazing discotheque in Haifa, and I was like, I can't fucking go back there if you make me go back to Wooten, I'll kill myself. And so my mom, who was the principal of the elementary next door to St. Andrews, marched over to that private school and she was like, you have to take my daughter this year. In August, they had closed their acceptance in February. And she was like, because I run an elementary, I'm the principal of an elementary school and my school ends at sixth grade, which is when your school starts. starts. So, and so she kind of just like carened them into <laughs> taking me. C-A-R-E. Yes. Yes, <laughs> um, And then, so I walked up to school at St. Andrews and their weird uniform requirements and like... Oh, if I may, go. The, yes. it was a dress code. Dress code. Which is such an attack on poor people. I did not, yeah. I did not have the money to like, that's another thing about... I feel like both of us were in high school traumatized, super insecure, and projecting onto each other. 100% Because we were both kind of scared of each other. Scared. Both terrified of, of, of female friendship. I was terrified, terrified. of females Couldn't in general. Yep. I got the messaging growing up that women are mercurial and uh, will hurt you and emotional and dramatic and, like, don't entrench with them. Like, keep them, Yeah. you know, keep your enemies uh, at a healthy distance. Also, I was so like chronically embarrassed like it's the only way I know how to describe it um I had like you know obviously really bad eating disorders at the time so I knew that if I got too close to anyone that eventually there would be some kind of feedback on that right. no pun intended um <laughs> but uh uh or some kind of noticing of my eating habits or lack thereof so I would never eat lunch with everyone I would go yeah. eat in my like four raisins well, we in my car because you're with your super hot boyfriend 
Okay, we'll get to that in a second. We'll <laughs> no, get to but the- like the I want you to know this as you like kind of trot out your your pain is that the impression of it from the outside was that you were the fucking coolest. That's so like you were over high school. You had matured past all of us. You were a famous model. That, you okay, had- I did QVC. I walked around King of Prussia Mall in wedding dresses, but I did a pee in the pod catalog at 15. They put a pregnancy <laughs> belly on me, and I was like a fake handmaid. And I that, love that. Yeah, video. I would literally walk around. I remember my biggest modeling gig was like the DC Bloomingdale's. I was like standing on a block modeling pantyhose, so I had to wear a big uh, uh, Oxford shirt and then just pantyhose and just stand on a block. Oh, that sounds hours. very sexy. And no one helps you on or off the block. That's rude. By the way. Yeah. It's no, a bummer. Modeling is not the best thing to do with our time. Like that's not necessarily the most satisfying um, no. jobs. But there, what I will say is uh, the informal modeling that I did do. Yeah. Uh, in, I mean, I'm very big on silver lining, everything silver lining, whatever, yeah. step three. Like, but... It did, I think, in a weird way, help me with being a comedian and confidence because you have to walk up to strangers yes, and try true. to talk to them. So I would have to go like, hey, on the fourth floor, there's a trunk show for Acris. Like, and people would be like, Ugh. like, no, yeah. no one wants to talk to the weird Disney princess walking around sacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who's right. like, hey, I'm the, the fourth perfume floor. girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going up to women that are clearly divorced and being like, there's a wedding, wedding dress trunk show. Oh, and they're, they're like, cool. So it's basically being like a perfume girl or something. So I really had to like talk to strangers and charm strangers yeah. and I ended up getting into that when I came to LA because like nobody would hire me with a 10 foot pole no one would hire me with someone else's dick is that like the same <laughs> like, I'm not gonna fuck you with someone else's dick but um like could not work until I fixed my teeth and then I worked a lot uh, wait what these are not my real teeth I actually you now know. know that. You do. They did it. Dr. Sam Saleh of Beverly Hills did a great fucking job on my veneers, but I'm very open because, like, some God, a lot I'm of my fans with you. are younger women, and I'm very clear, like, this is what I've had done. Mm-hmm. This Me too. is the cost. Do you guys want to see the former teeth? Oh, baby <laughs> teeth. I love kids. They're in hush. Like, it's out there. Like, this is a photo of me. I'm not trying to. I'm, a, it's no, more it's that. This photo that I found of me and Kate and my high school prom date Mm -hmm. or whatever that was, I just would like to say I believe you were already dressing to be in horror movies. 100%. That is the most haunted lace dress. Yeah. That is the most... Jessica McClintock bridal. Oh, my, dude, Jessica McClintock. The chokehold she had. <laughs> on all, all of The of baby blue Jessica McClintock <laughs> ribbed that I wore and returned the next day. 100% returned. Yeah, but this is... I was looking at this and I was like, oh my God, she was already... Like a uh, haunted I, well, dead I'm girl. Well, I'm so haunted because it's that same thing that happens. They say like kids who seem like they have old souls, it's because they were traumatized at a young age. Mm-hmm. I was molested at a young age. And so it's like the trauma I carry with me. Look at it, you're pretty. Me. I know. <laughs> so pretty though, aren't I? Look at my teeth though. <laughs> That is, I, you know what's wild? I didn't know. I knew, th- but I didn't know. Like You know, because like we actually had an experience where both of us <coughs> were targets of a predator. Yeah. And I think it's because, I do believe this, that there's a mark that's left on you when you're traumatized like that. And like they can smell it. Those fucking monsters smell it. Yeah. And then he probably went further with you because you have tiny teeth and I have big teeth. It's They're true. like, we he really, like, no one wants to put a dick in this mouth yeah. with he these didn't, chompers. He, just, he was just like, man, she's so insecure about those teeth. I better, 
Better <laughs> let her know. She's never going to make it in this town. Let's get back to that juiciness. It's the good gossip for later. It is such good gossip. But I do want to circle back because I did not know when you came into the high school. I don't believe I under knew anything about your past. No, I didn't tell anybody. I think wow. you guys know. The rumor for why I left Wooten was that I fucked the principal, the male principal. So I guess I there was a female vice principal Which and a male you principal. Did not. Did not do. Okay. Did not did do. Did not do. Did not do. Okay. And so I think that rumor hit St. Andrews, but the actual reason why, because there was one really mean girl whose name I totally forgot. I think she's in one of your pictures. She like gave me some shit about that. And this was before What's-Her-Face dragged me into the office to tell me I was oversexed because I made out with Seth Mandel in the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Can I tell you one of my favorite things? The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. (laughs) But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Is high school names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're always so ridiculous. Yes. Do you know what I mean? They are. They're always they really so are. dumb. Like anyone talking about any of their high school people, it's always like Kelly Magowski came over. <laughs> like they're just so specific That's and because weird. We live in Hollywood where everyone's name has been changed. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And in television shows, it's always like Mark Stone. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Sloan. My husband was telling me about Gail Sassy, who he grew up with, and I was like, shut the fuck up. These names, I can't get enough of high, weird high school names. And the yeah. people that had so much power over us in high school. Oh my God. You're like his name was Chad Boo. Like you know, you're like, Chad Boo is a why great was name. he my? Why was I so scared of like Tad McGillicuddy? Uh. You know what I mean? Like how did Sarah Crookshank? Oh my God, I love Sarah Crookshank. I love Sarah Crookshank. Sarah, Sarah Crookshank. Sarah, Sarah but like the funniest name, like yep. like Sarah Crook. Of course, she's oh the coolest God. girl in school. Of like does Sarah, Sarah Crookshank like me? No, Sarah Crookshank hated everyone. <laughs> Well, I played volleyball with her. I feel like I kind oh, of... That's right. You were very sporty. I feel like I... Basketball star Whitney Cummings. Well, this is... Okay, let's get back to you transfer... <laughs> to me complimenting you about how cool um, you were I know. School? Did we get uh-huh. a single? Like, just... Can we just make sure... Thank you so much. We've gotten everything we've needed for today. <laughs> um, so... You come in, and it is, it was like the Mad Men pilot, you know, of like the new girl. And yeah. and people are like, there's a new girl, there's a new girl. And high school in mm-hmm. a small school, this was not a school that mm-hmm. I was really, uh, you know, capable of going to financially, but there was like an arrangement, it was a long story. And I was sort of like, came in from inside DC. Like, I didn't yeah. live in Potomac, I didn't live in that area. And, um, and I had also left and lived in Virginia for a couple years, uh, and transferred back in sophomore year. So mm-hmm. I had been new the year before oh, no. and I feel like it was like trying to get my bearings and then I feel like I finally did. And then literally like if you were to do like a slow-mo shot of like the most nightmare girl to <laughs> co- walk in, it's you're so like acne, see, like junior year, you're finally getting your bearings. Like, this bitch walks in with that face, just a good, and you always had like a Starbucks. I did always have a Starbucks. And yeah. I was talking to a friend of ours yesterday and I was like, that had alcohol in it. Y'all. Private school was crazy. Private school is fucked. I tell people it was like traffic and they don't believe me. It's so funny because no one was doing that at public school. 
I was also doing it at public school. No one's doing this my is blowing now, so my mind because I remember yeah. the thing is, and then you're hilarious, and then you're fucking smart as shit, and then you read every book, and then God. you're nice. It just yeah, that. it doesn't again. Yeah. this is what it. you sure. give off, whether you like it or not. I'll take it because if you disagree with me, you're calling me dumb. I don't want to call you dumb. You were very smart. See, that's the Mr. Thing Whitman of, said it. That's the thing about. Um, when we compliment, we don't take other people's compliments. That's what I do now. When someone's like, oh, no, no. And I'm like, so I'm blind? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just um, the joy of being called those things is the internalizing of them, of, is the believing of them. And my belief is so far from that, especially at that time in my life. So it's like when you say that, I'm like, no, 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 you just don't know the truth. It's not that you're dumb. It's that I had you fooled. Interesting. The sort yeah. of like imposter syndrome or wherever it was. But I also think like, you know, I was, I was so jealous of you. And I realized yesterday when I was like thinking about you and trying to like deconstruct this of like, you'd only be jealous of someone who was awesome. Do you know what I'm saying? I also like to take my own like side of that equation. I loved making people jealous. It made me feel valuable. It made me feel important. Like mm -hmm. what I wasn't was warm and open and vulnerable. What I wanted was jealousy. Interesting. I thought, like, I guess I thought I wanted intimacy, but I would settle for jealousy or lust. That's fascinating. And do you think that that is something that is, you know, ancestral trauma inherited, modeled for you? Or because to me, at that time, I, uh, um, men's attention is all that mattered to me. Mm -hmm. Just male attention. Like yeah. female attention was stressful and scary and exhausting and like didn't pay off. Yeah, you know, I didn't have any proof that yeah. female friendships and intimacy were what I now believe is like just the medicine of life, being able to like have like honest female friendships. And um, at do, how do you feel like you got there? Or at, at that time, I do believe it was something that was an epidemic with basically all women. I mean, there's this thing now where like Grace, uh, uh, my assistant former, been promoted um she, when we like you know the like sort of backlash against Anne Hathaway yeah of like she's like a try too hard it was like she was yeah. like yeah they this next generation doesn't play that shit no they don't this girl hating other girls that no. are winning that are trying no, she's like trying. her yeah Instagram handle is Stan Hathaway they love, they're like, we don't play this girl on girl bully shit like yeah. we think she's awesome I'm so glad like it was awful um I think it was the only way. I, I sometimes like when I have nightmares about it, it's that my entire body is like a searchlight and there was so much light going. There was I had no sense of what power I had. And so like all over because I oh God, I, I just said this to you and I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do that horrible thing where someone talks about what it's like to be pretty in the world. But it, but it's I, not that it's that. I was such a disaster inside. I had zero concept of how my actions affected other people. So I would just do things willy-nilly, not to mention like I was a little drunk a lot of the time. And I would just do things willy-nilly and like would hurt people and then be so confused as to why this person was acting weird. And then I would hate them for their weird response. And then I would just like ice cold gone. Mm -hmm. And so it created a persona that had nothing to do with like the true like lost little girl. Which is so interesting because I was so up my own ass uh, with my eating disorder and trying to get male attention and make people jealous and just counting calories. And I was also very, like, <sighs> trauma. When you're in high school and you have bad skin, it is, tra it is traumatic. Of course it you is. You know, it's, it's like we're, you know, now 
excuse me, now it sounds crazy. Sorry, I had pneumonia last week and it's still phlegmy. Um, and so uh, I I didn't even feel all that. Like I- No one can. It, it, it was like you- We're children. How are we supposed to feel any of it? You just came off in the most charming, effervescent, free, talented. I love also, that. Also, I'm gonna say it. something to you that might sound weird. I knew you were gonna make it. I knew it. Like I knew it. She blushing. I, I knew know. you were gonna make it. Oh, Probably cool. way before you did. Oh my god. I, Hollywood, so baby. I know a star long. when I see one. And I've always had this, but I I knew you were gonna fucking make it. And I remember in a weird way just being like, Well, only one of us can make it from which is not a what is that? Like cause what are the odds that two that people thought. from I one school would both make thought. it? I when <laughs> when Whitney was picked up, I cried so hard. I'm so sorry. That is so wild. Because it was that thought. It was like it's always going. I'll always be not Whitney. I'll always. It'll always be Whitney, and I'll always just be like almost Kate. But it was Whitney. I, oh my god! Like I remember the feeling, and like watching your ascent, and like oh god, I'm so embarrassed. Like st- like cyber stalking, like Google image searching. You with the premieres looking so beautiful. You hanging out with famous people. Your TV show. Everyone talking about how smart and funny a creator you were. And I was just like, well, it's only going to happen to one of us. So, I guess I'll sell these energy drinks. Well, that was a. So basically, which I was selling energy drinks literally a year before this incident happened, right? The cringe of this. So I'm driving down Melrose and I see Kate on the side of the road doing what we all do. What you do, you hustle. Even when you're a working actor. Even when you're a working actor. Mm -hmm. When I was on Punked, when I was on, I mean, when I got a TV show, I was still... I had $80,000 of debt and student loans. So I was still was in the hole. Yeah. Like you're still broke even when you're on TV. I think a lot of people don't understand that necessarily. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, and then I had two parents had strokes without health insurance and nightmare, nightmare. And then, um, so I, I got so excited to see, it wasn't even like, I, for whatever reason in that moment, all of the, past stuff like went away of like all because we were friends underneath it like the reality of it was we understood each other and we liked each other well the reality is also which we're going to circle back of we were very um strategically pitted against each other by one of our teachers yes in a way that that was really sick which we'll get to in a second but when that person was gone it was like oh my god like this is like and I was like lost in this business where I was getting treated horribly oh, and people were, so it's like being so shitty to me. And so seeing you was just like, so, like oh my, yeah. it was like the best feeling. And I saw you and I like ran up to you and I didn't even realize how that would have come off. You, how would you, didn't work, how, like you couldn't have possibly known how much stalking of you I had done. And how I was like, how the comparison in my head had led me to believe like that it was this. And then from my point of view, which like is only my perception, I am selling, I'm not even selling. I'm handing out free samples of Godiva energy drinks. Nobody wants a creamy energy drink. It was so fucking gross. (laughs) The irony is I'm like the only person that would actually buy that. I'm your no only customer. It. And so I've I got my, I actually I'm stopped for the drink. I and then I saw that it was you. And it was me. And then I'm eating ice out of the container of the like the cooler because I'm so fucking bored and hungry. And you run up, um, you're in your beautiful car, you're beautiful, you smell like 
like a Saks Fifth Avenue. And that is like a Charlie Girl. Thing. I yeah. don't know what it was. Yeah. It's Terry Mueller Angel. <laughs> Everybody. So Elizabeth Arden Sunflowers. Exact. I hope it's here. Wait, it hold here? on. No, I've got, where's my, I, where's my CK1? <gasps> Did someone steal my CK1? That's so cruel. Adelaide? I have my own. I don't know where it is. <laughs> where's my Tommy boy? Jesus I usually have a CK1 spray. right there. Anyway. Anyway, so, and you hugged me. And I had a mouthful of ice, and I tried to crunch down it quickly. It made a loud noise, and you were like, did I just break your jaw? And I was like, nope, I'm just, I'm a noisy person. And it was this like. This was pre-veneers, though, right? 100% okay. pre-veneers. <laughs> and this is probably why my teeth were so jacked, because I ate ice all the time. Um, but I just was like, like the definition of the word cringe. Like, I couldn't have pictured a worse thing, because I was like, I know I'm sweaty and smelly and eating ice and like handing an energy drink to Whitney Cummings and <laughs> I've never recovered. But in my head I know it's crazy. In my head because I know how ta- I know you're going to make it. I'm not going to make it. But I do. So I'm like why she's like why that why was that so weird? Like why like in my head yeah. you're Meryl Streep. Oh my god. So I I always said I was like that's the next Julia Roberts. I didn't I didn't totally yeah. know you were going to go drama. Yeah. Like mostly or drama yeah. and like horror, which yeah, I want to talk about in a second, but cool. also horror and comedy are in, inextricably linked about uh, the building, the 100%. tension and timing it's and everything. About patterns and timing. And I actually think it's so much smarter to have gone down horror and drama road it was because my only choice. Well, but you it's, it's I had to make my own movie. Like no truly, they same. wouldn't fuck me with someone else's dick. Same. I yeah. literally wrote the Whitney pilot because after I had gone in and it because that was at a time where you literally could only get on television if the executives and the head of the network wanted to fuck you. It was like literally you were going on dates, personality auditions, oh and you would go God. in and I never I was like Molly Sims, Ida Field, sometimes Busy Phillips. But it was like uh, uh, Leslie Bibb, and then I would be like the funny weirdo that was like funny in the room, but was like never gonna get it. I was never, I wasn't like, um, what's the word, like plain enough to be the girl next door, and uh-huh. I wasn't sexy enough to be the sexy girl, and I was always taller than every actor. So yeah. I would go in, I would like get kind of close, and then the actor would come in to do a screen test, and the actor would just come up to like here, and I'd be like, I'm not oh, getting this job. Go. I wonder if there is an actress out there who is like, yeah, it was me. I was right, perfect, run in the like right down the middle. I just like fit right in. I heard that once, uh, only about Robin Wright Penn for uh, Princess Bride, who uh, like the director was like, she walked in and was like, that was that's Buttercup. Like, yeah, that's but I wonder her. if like did she feel that way or if she was like, I've been crawling through broken glass to get to these auditions. Like I've never met an actress who was like, it was pretty smooth for me. Yeah, I just walked in and it was that was that. that? Yeah, yeah, it was just kismet or whatever. You know, there's mm-hmm. no booked at first sight. There's no, no. it's always a struggle. It's you know But then they want you to tell the story like that during press. Like what they don't want, I have found, is that they don't want the actual story. They want a feeling that is, you were somehow magically discovered at the soda counter at well, sure. Chris well, Klein for election or whatever. We yeah. just hired the actual quarterback and it was perfect, yes. you know? Yeah. But I think that you, I was thinking about this over the weekend, you have like hacked the system in mm. such a cool way. And, and I think I, up. I think, <laughs> I think I kind of did too in a different way, yeah. I must say, because most people don't understand that when you're signing up to be an actor, let's say you make it, great. Let's say you're like that, all the luck, you know, lightning in a bottle, the world conspires and you're talented and you work hard and everything. You spend most of your time promoting your work. Yes. It's like you are you don't spend that much time acting. 
And like you are someone that actually loves acting. You're yeah. so you love you're so good and you get to spend I spend most of my time eight acting. Eight months actually acting. Yeah. I was watching in the Midnight Mass that that gorgeous long shot of you guys walking and I'm like, I know how long that takes to do. Mm-hmm. I know I'm like, she's just doing a fucking eight minute take with no cuts. Yeah. Instead of running around on Jimmy Kimball. There's something so mad. It's rejection is God's protection. You don't have to believe in God to, you know, digest that. But to me, it's like, you know, I I believe that the greatest actors don't do a ton of press. The more press you do, the more we know your personality and the less we can get lost. And I know that we have to do press in order to. That ship sailed for me. But like, you know, I think I remember when it was like Jennifer Lopez and when that Geely shit happened with Ben Mm, Affleck, when it was like the movie bombed because we had seen you too much. And it's also harder to believe. All of mm-hmm. a sudden, people are like, they're bad actors. It's like, no, you yeah. just know who they are. Yeah. Like, I, even though I know you even, I can, like, w- watch you, even though you and um, Hill House. Like, Theodora, to me, is so you. Yeah. That's how I saw you in high school. That's pretty close, yeah. That's, like, how I saw you. But that you. was a gift. like when, Terrifying. When Mike wrote Theo... Um, he had me in mind. And then again, Netflix made me audition like four times for that part. But we had learned something back when I did Hush. I was like, I want to do horror because I was so afraid of failing. I was like, I need a woman who's terrified because no matter what I do, I'm going to leak terror onto this screen. And so I want. I was like, I need to do a final girl because it will be so believable because I'm going to be deeply panicked. And so when he was creating Theo and I was reading it, I was like, if we do this, 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 and this, the protections that are going to come out in me Mm -hmm. in that kind of situation Mm -hmm. will be there no matter what. So let's lean into that. And that's, I think, for me, the secret of acting is like to know yourself in a way that you know what you're going to be like on the day and use that choice. If you're a sweater, like if you're a person who sweats and it's a winter scene, take your fucking jacket off. People do weird things all the time. Just like don't fake what's leaking out of you. That's what makes you a bad actor. truly brilliant. Oh, good. Like, I, when we did... I think did, we have all we need here, so thank I, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, that is, like, blowing my mind because, to me, like, a- acting is, like, I, the only time I really do it is when I'm, like, this is a part of me that I don't normally get to show, mm. um, or this is what I'll be on the day. Insecure yeah. about my appearance. So, like, literally... The last movie I did, I was like, let's make it a character choice that she's always like worried about her light. Yes, because like, you're going to do it I'm either gonna way. Because I'm going to be doing that. Either way, you're going to do it. So that's, yes, you're right. You make it part of the character. And that's the thing that people will go, it seemed so real when you were. And I was like, yeah, because it was. I was in a white hot panic the entirety of shooting Hush that I would somehow mess up my one choice. And when I watched that movie back, I am in a white hot panic in that movie. And it works. And so it's, it's basically a documentary. Basically a documentary. It was the DP chasing me around. And I was like, no, I can't. This is something I really want to ask you because I feel like you and I, and I can now say this without being embarrassed or cringing, of like, I am a tryhard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a total tryhard. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Like, I'm not the person that was, that was like, Bleh. like, I tried hard at school. I yeah. want to win. I want to get the points. And my motives are different now. It used to be for Mm self-esteem now it's kind of to show people you can alchemize your trauma and make something good about it yeah you know you can uh sublimate 
the bad things that happened to you and use it for good and you can whatever make it a business etc so there's the motives weren't healthy before the motives i think now are pretty clean um but when i first came down it was no secret to anyone that we both really wanted to make it yeah 100 percent. but the irony is that is so repellent that energy is oh, yeah. so repellent Absolutely. like when i first came out here i cannot even imagine like the oh like the like, what did you, do? how did you, besides this life hack of just take the parts or do the things that you're already exuding and leaking out, you know, did you struggle with, because I would go oh, into absolutely. rooms and be like, like, I need this job. Like, yeah. I don't want this. Like, I need this. Oh, it was the number one feedback my reps got that I got that what, it was always like, good girl, not the one for the part. But if you dug harder, it's like, she's a great actress, but like, she's, she smells like desperation. Like, it's she's des desperate. And I was fucking desperate. Me like, too. I couldn't stop it. It was never going to stop. And um, but what 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 is it? What was that? With I us? love. I want to do it so badly. Yeah. And I don't think there's any like you were, were talking about the half a hate. I don't think there's anything wrong with people who want something and go after it. I have never been able, in my opinion, to like be cool, be a cool girl. Mm -hmm. Like there is a whole cadre of Hollywood cool girl actresses who are legitimately laid back, or mm -hmm. else they just have their lithium high enough that they appear that right, way. Right. 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 <laughs> But they they like don't like me because I'm not that. I want to talk about like how did you get there and like okay, so I have this weird scene to do. Like, what would you do if you had to do this weird scene? Why do you think they don't like you? I think they know how badly I want it and that I would kill most of them for their. I've been in too much therapy not to take some responsibility. Like, I'm clearly giving off the thing, like, I think your job is more important than than our friendship. Like, there are people who I love with my heart and soul. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, I, I, I want to win. Yeah. I'm competitive. I'm ambitious. I am motivated. I am not giving up. Uh -huh. I am going to fight until I win or die. Yeah. And, and I think that's really uncomfortable for some people. I think so, too. And I think a tenacity is, like, you know, it, the weird thing about it, and this is where it's dysmorphic and doesn't serve us, Correct. is that we both have the talent. It means we're lacking faith. 100%. Like, I think I would have been much more successful much earlier and more successful now if I could relax. 100%. Without because a doubt. Because to me, when someone comes in mm -hmm. or you see, it's like all your anxiety is making me think you're not talent or you don't think you that, could yes, get this yes you're worried you won't now i'm thinking you can't exactly but you're I the am, one that doesn't think you're gonna get this 100 percent. and then i believe you yeah because when you walked in i was like she's got this job mm -hmm. and then you lost it for yourself by being worried you weren't gonna get it this is yes that could not be better put because it is and it gets in your way all the time but i don't think this particular problem is solved by more attention on it mm -hmm. so i kind of just acknowledge it and then I go, okay, it'll go away eventually, or it won't, because, or else it'll just be a thing that held me back a little bit. Yeah. But I'm still going to win. Or I should, like, play Reese Witherspoon's part in election. Right. Like, right now I'm out looking for parts like that. I'm looking for, like, top-level psychotic lawyers me like too. Annette Benning yep, yep. in uh, American Beauty. Mm -hmm. I will sell this house Great, today. great, great. Because I'm like, that'll be a really fun breakdown. But this is, this was, I literally told my agents, I was like, I only want to play, like, villains. Mm. Like, I think that's what I'm cut out for. Like, I give It'd off that energy villain. by accident, mm -hmm. you know, just like um, 
scary. And then I have all these character defects that I'm not allowed to use in real life anymore or else it's a relapse for me. It's yeah. like I am incredible at lying. I'm very manipulative. I, mm-hmm. Like I can be. I yeah, have like, absolutely. I feel like I have all these superpowers, you know, in my arsenal that because of my sobriety and Al-Anon ACA coda, like I'm not allowed to use. Yeah. But I ha- like I, I'm loaded up with it and I want to be able to like play around with it and pay homage to them because those were all tools that served me really well when I was younger or kept me safe when I was younger or were something I felt I needed. Like, they're my friend. They're trying to protect me. Yeah. They're my friends. And uh, even though now they're obsolete and they backfire on me and are a liability now, even though they were superpowers then. And so that's kind of what I like to do. So I like to play, like, just cunty monsters because that's what I would have been had I not, um, you know, gotten emotionally sober. But also... I uh, I also think that there's kind of a that's what I would have been had I not got my shit together and that I got all that honestly and it's so fun to and play. I forgive that person and yes, it's so and fun. you love them and like that's really the the and women don't it's also a celebration of I've tried to be perfect for so long yes that I love the idea of just being like a messy asshole yes yep. And, and not having judgment of the that. judgment. That's what I'm saying. Like many people who play those villains, they spend weeks being like, well, I have to learn to love this person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love her on the page. But now that I know that the most abusive people have been hurt, the like most. now that I know that the most hurt people are the hurt ones that people. hurt people the most, that that makes me root for the person and I can like dig in and justify their behavior. 100%. You know, so that's even more fun. It's not just like sadistic for no reason. No, you can justify it. And the justification is so fun because I remember being an asshole and all the like loops and whirly whirls you have to like do to make yourself feel good at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. All the personal justifications Mm -hmm. you had to make and that to bring that to a character, it's so complicated and yummy. And it's also a little bit, I feel like for us, like there's something healing about being like, this is who you think I am anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is, you already think I'm a cunty bitch who's, what I like, yeah. then why not play in that space? Because I spend so much time being like, I'm not that person. And I'm just, it's like, you, you're going to think what you're going to think regardless of my yeah. behavior. So like, you already think I'm a bitch. And I will think it's, say that it's <sighs> funny because if you were to go find yourself doing that, and I just recently wrapped a show, The Usher Show. I can't say a lot about it. Follow the House of Usher. Puts me in that space. And I was like, delightful. I get to just be full cunty bitch. Like Kate, who put up all of her uh, coping mechanisms and none of her compassion. And then when I watch it, it's not what we think it is. It doesn't come across like that at all. Because that's not what you see. What you see is somebody trying their hardest not to connect. And it's heartbreaking. We are taking a little bit of a break uh, to talk about the uh, tour I'm about to embark on. I'm going to be in uh, October 21st and 23rd in San Jose, California. <laughs> San Jose Improv. Uh, November 3rd, I'll be in Kansas yeah. at the Prairie Band Casino Resort. What? Yeehaw, baby. Mayetta, Kansas. You cannot send me offers when I'm on NyQuil. <laughs> God damn it. November- we love you, Mayetta. <laughs> November 17th and 19th, I'll be in Sacramento, California at the Sacramento Punchline. I'm actually, these are opportunities to see me in really small venues when I'm working on new stuff about trans people. I love that. November 25th and 26th, I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live. December 9th through 11th, I'll be in Oxnard, California. Wait, December 9th through 11th. Oh, we might do an OnlyFans roast on the 11th, actually. Because that's when Segura can be available, which means that might... The, uh, we'll 11, figure it out. Okay. Uh, Oxnard Levity Live, I will be there in December. And then February 10th to 14th, I'll be in Irvine, California uh, at the Irvine Improv. So, speaking of improv... 
<laughs> Let's put it to bed. Your bedroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of improv, can we please put it to bed? Because it puts me to sleep. <laughs> so Thuma yep. uh, is this incredible company uh, that will help you elevate the most important room in your home. And I'll tell you why. Uh, they have something called the Bed by Thuma. It's handcrafted, uh, eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled wood. You'll find beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain. And you know we love to get granular. Natural. <laughs> Yeah, when you look at me, the first thing people think is natural. <laughs> Same. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah. They might think like wood finish. <laughs> the minimalist design, also not me, yeah. featuring Japanese joinery. Now that's you. That Japanese joinery. <laughs> yeah. Dainty. So here's the deal. Beds, uh, uh, look, <laughs> I am basically the grandpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> that's true. I live in my bed. It's the most important part of my life. The, your bed has... People are like running around willy-nilly trying to figure out their insomnia issue. It's your bed is mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. And the perfect platform bed frame just got better. You can now customize the bed by choosing between our original pillow board or our new solid wood headboard. The fabric pillow board adds softness and color to any space while headboard offers solid, sleek support. The headboard attaches directly to the bed using Japanese joinery with no <laughs> tools required. Buy it with the bed or on its own as an upgrade. Along with the bed, Thuma offers other bedroom essentials to elevate bedtime. The mattress, the nightstand, the side table are perfect complements to the bed. I love it. So dramatic. I know. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite Hope Boutique Hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. And now go to Thuma.co slash good to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed plus free shipping in the continental U.S. Go to Thuma.co slash G-O-O-D. That's T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash good for a $25 credit. And this is not Uma Thurman's company, correct? Correct. Back to the show. This is what I sort of like landed on yesterday with you because I was like, I was trying to replay high school and and like, because there's so much to unpack that, and there's so much healing to be done with us. But I, um, I was like, oh, the scariest people are the most scared. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that, like it's a generalization, but in general, if I move forward in my life like that, life gets so much easier and better. Yeah. When you're like, oh, if I'm scared of you, it means you're scared. Like, let me just default exactly. to that. Exactly. It helps so much, like, get rid of that. Because you and I have like, very much a similar fight, flight, fawn mechanism response mm-hmm. where it is, listen, I grew up with, with, oh, she might watch this. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I can't. I can't. I love my mom too much. Well, good. Love. And um, I feel like I feel like we should get to the part that's not our fault. Yay! <laughs> Can we get to the blame portion? I fucking love some blame. Can we get to the victim portion of this? So Kate and I also, and I think that like right, right now, I feel like this is, I love you so much, Em. I know. I'm sorry. I know. It's like it's making me. I know. It's. Are you nervous? Are you okay? Yo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are you nervous about? Oh, just. I just. Huh. This makes me sad. Oh, (laughs) about our teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Our bad, bad teacher. Yeah. It's first of all, uh, we're okay, and this person is sick, and perpetrators were probably victims in some. You know, that's the science we do know. Um, 
but I, I think there's something really fascinating about talking about it. Right now, this is the kind of shit that like doesn't ever fly. What I will say is that when we were in high school, even in college, like it wasn't mm-hmm. weird to date your professor. When I, it wasn't the, I dated a much older guy when I was in high school that, you know, I feel like it's weird to talk about now because, you know, for a lot of reasons. But when in the South, I'm generalizing, but in the South and in lower income families, the idea of dating an older guy with money is not creepier than dating a 16-year-old who has nothing, who's just going to show everyone photos of you naked and not know how to fuck. You know what I mean? If you're, you know, I feel like I was a little bit of predatory of like, oh, this guy has a car and this guy has books and this guy, you know, like I want to learn something from this person because I want to know how to get out of whatever situation I'm in. Yeah, I think... I see that point of view very, very clearly. Mine was a little different. Yeah, yeah. that's not, that's not most people's. Yeah, I, I think that's a singular experience for me. I think that's a great experience for you and a great way to kind of put it in your brain and take some of the power back and take your ownership of it. I think that's a great way to do it. Because I was a victim when I was truth. a child. Yeah, absolutely. You understand your victimhood, but this was not that for you. And by the time I was older, as a teenager, I was like, men are like this. I don't believe this now as an adult. All men are like this. Mm-hmm. Sex doesn't really matter to me. That's it's never been special to me. I've I'm an object. I try to be an object. Mm-hmm. I want to be an object. At the time, I wanted to be an object. Yeah. I was starving myself. I was like, you know, on acu- I wanted to be a sex object yeah. in a way to men. <laughs> like literally, this was she's a here long like, time in the making. Still in like a like. The most important part in the room. You think right you screen. are the horror queen. <laughs> this is, but, this is but do you have, please, for a like villain role, like the reveal of her just going back to her bedroom and just brushing her robot's hair. It's actually a great choice. <laughs> With like no, no discussion yeah, of nope, it. Nope, it's just there. It's just, that's really good. So yeah, so I say all this as I'm going into, like, we are, I look at this from a lot of different dimensions, and I know that everyone's experience are different. Context is different. Just as p- different generations of people are listening to this, I just want you guys to know that this is, you know, at the time, it was murky. And before us, it was, like, murky. You know? Not a teacher. Not a person in a position of power. I mean, dating older guys, like, was something that was... Uh, at the time, not as looked at. I'm bombing with this. Theory. This isn't. Well, this isn't. No, this I have was to tell you. Partic- yeah, yeah, it's this not. Was, right, no, that's not. Yeah, no, it's not. It was never yeah. okay, and it's always weird. That's and I so know. Funny. I'm so yeah. sorry. Like I'm no, trying no, no. to find I, a way in here. That's not. But I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't want to break your heart. It's like this is how I defend my parents choice of not you need to live your life with yourself you need to figure out how to do that and that's great totally but like whatever gaslighting mind games I played on myself to make it okay but my takeaway from this is I did not feel like a victim in that scenario yeah that's you know what I'm saying I think that's great I think you lucked out in that way yes and when examining it you were like oh I actually had more power than I thought and you Mm -hmm. felt kind of relieved I think that is a unicorn experience and then in interesting and then in retrospect i go but i learned all this stuff and he had a he had a he worked at a restaurant so i learned about how to i would not be a professional actor without that teacher and that to me is some of the most heartbreaking parts of it but you're making me realize something which is just because something two things can be true at once 
something can have benefited you, your adversity, and have been wrong. Of course. And we, as humans, should be able to hold that. Like, right now, they tell us we can't, that there's black and white and canceled and not canceled. And if an older man even looks at a 20-year-old girl, mm-hmm. it's a fucking disaster. Yeah. But it can also be both, right? Like, there is no way that I would be the person sitting here in this chair without that teacher. He also was unbelievably inappropriate with me without ever laying a hand on me. Yeah. And it is, it's so complicated. It's so murky. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to reconcile. And even now, saying these things, I start to get nauseous. And Me my too. body starts to be like, but Kate, you know. And the truth of the matter is, it was all the things. And it was, I was all the unequipped things. Unequipped to handle it. And so you and I, we were in these this class. Or I don't even remember a class. Like, it was just me and you in a room. I feel, I don't remember other people around. I just remember we did like a stage combat scene where true you and I literally physically fought each other. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally, like not only pitted against each other stuff, like he would, when I was alone with him, he would talk about you. You know, I don't know what happened when I wasn't around. Like, but it was a, a lot of trying to make me jealous of you. And I feel like I was competing with you for his attention, whether mm-hmm. I made that up or not. I like needed his attention so bad. And a big part of what he did to me was shame me for not being mature enough. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd be like, you're being immature. That's not mature. And then it was a lot of, you're an old soul. And I think that what these people do, man, women, whatever, is that they will, whether they're rationalizing to themselves or to you, like, you're not as young as you are. Mm-hmm. There's oh, a they lot, love that. And yeah. they know that your biggest desire as a it's 16 to is to be mature. But I was taken 100% seriously. a 16-year-old. Like, I was not an But you wanted soul. to be taken seriously oh, as an adult. Oh, all I wanted was to be mature. But it's like, the adult's job to know that that's what young people want and to, to not participate in it. Yes. You're allowed to be in love with me, and I'm not going to allow yes. Mr. Whitman, fucking beast, Yep. Madly nailed obs- it. Nailed it. Madly, he nailed it. Ma- I was obsessed with him. Loved Every him. girl was in love with him. In he, love with he him. He wouldn't even make eye contact nope. with us. Never hung out. We never. never got to call him by his first name. Nope. He would barely chaperone dances because he knew he and knew. he'd bear that responsibility. Yes. And that was amazing. So and he, this was a different teacher. Different this was teacher. a different teacher. So just for clarity. Yes. Okay. So he would play active defense on, if you're an authority figure. Right. And he, he was just another teacher at your school. Yes. Okay. But yeah. he was like, I mean, he he was just the greatest, greatest, greatest. Yeah. And I attribute a lot of how I think as a comedian to him. Mm-hmm. He was AP history teacher. Yep. And he would always make us make links. Oh, absolutely. You'd have he to was a link. great teacher. So you know what I say? Everything has always happened. It just looked different. Right. That was him. Okay, so yeah. he would go like, this happened. When has this happened before in history? Yep. And when did it happen before? And mm-hmm. the history Patterns. keeps repeating itself. So that comes from him. And... um you know, so this teacher, like, really, I think, got off on us being the jealous. The bad teacher. The bad, the bad yeah, teacher. I just want to be I'm very so clear. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. She knows what I mean, and right, right, everyone right. else yeah. doesn't, so it's really important that I'm clear. Okay. Thank you. And so we did this, like, stage combat scene, and I'm looking at it. It was very intricate. It was very in-depth. Because we was... were very hardworking, and we wanted to get it right. But think about how weird it is it's that two girls totally were, like, physically grappling it's I know I know it's really hard thinking it's really hard and then we did it in front of the school he made us do it in front of the whole school and we wanted to like this is the thing because we were in a stage combat class it was part of our theater curriculum and the reason it felt weird was because of the witness 
because there are plenty of stage combat curriculums where we could have learned a lot about this art form mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with the feeling we were all having. It's like, who is the Supreme Court justice who says, you know it's porn when you see it? Oh, I don't know. But it's a thing. You yeah. Know, the difference between art and porn is you know it's porn when you see it. There is no line. And the reason, and this is why this whole thing is so messy, because I don't have, like, any example of when he crossed a physical line. You just know in your gut. I knew it was gun. wrong because mm -hmm. I felt it. And that's why that scene was wrong because under the tutelage of the Mr. Whitman of acting teachers, we would have learned a lot about stage combat. We would have had fun. It would have been safe. But it was something about it that was sexually charged. Yes, 100%. And it didn't have to be and it shouldn't have been. And maybe we even wanted that because we were little girls and we were like, what is power and sex? And like, you know... You were wasted. I was starving. Yeah. <laughs> so true. I, I was no drunk and you were starving. Blood sugar. Yeah. yeah. I, was just... I was like, when can I get out and sneak a cigarette? <laughs> so oversexed, according to the headmaster. <laughs> um, and so it, but what it ends up being is a lot of awkward sitting with tons and tons of different points of view. It is also not our job at 16 to have boundaries. It is your, it is your job to test boundaries. And we're being taught boundaries. And he, and like one of the cruelest things I think he did was he was always one step ahead of you, me with saying like, well, you know, I'm an evil man. I'm a dark man. And I was like, there's nothing I want more than the permission to be evil. But and also, if you proceed, I already told you, I told you. what I'm, I'm made scorpion. of. It's what I so do. it's not my fault. And you'll it's understand my this because you're so mature. I hate that shit. I, I hate... Sorry, what? can I ask how old he was? Do you, does, it doesn't matter, but how do you remember how old he was? Somewhere around 40. Okay. I think early 40s. Okay. Yeah, maybe. And also bewitching and beguiling and mm -hmm. charming and like seemingly floated through li oh. like just the most elegant. And also, I'm going to say something that's going to get me in some trouble, um, but it's important because there was also an odd androgyny that mm -hmm. protected him where it was like I no one was really sure mm -hmm. well he often talked about collecting students and he would want to collect men and collect women it wasn't that he just wanted you me and Mara but totally but there was a little bit of uh in that order probably yeah in that order you're the number one <sighs> he wanted you the most no I, I I I'm half joking when I say like Kind of a big part of the trauma with me and him is I felt rejected by him. Yeah. I left there being like, I didn't get him. Yeah. Like, that's how fucked up. That's how entrenched in that I wasn't thin enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't as talented as Kate. Now I have to go through the world. Like, this is someone that when I think about, like, who am I trying? Who am I doing all this for? Is this for me? Is this for my dad? Is this for like, whose approval do I want? And I think about his approval. Like, I've had to unwind him from my brain because like, all, you know, when your therapist asks you like, whose voice is that? Who are you doing that for? More often than not, mm -hmm. at the beginning, my answer was his name. Which is, by the way, there's no, of course it, it is. It just is what it is. Given the and circumstance like, and like the Stockholm syndrome of it and also the knowing how badly we wanted something yeah. and how desperate we were to get it. Yeah. And then f him sort of masquerading as the person that could give it to us and provide it for us, yeah. you know, that was even, like, was so sick. To Were you Abigail in the Crucible or did I make that up? No, it's true. Front row. I'm literally like... <laughs> if you 
your version of Googling me, whatever, 10 years ago, yeah. was me pre-Google when we were on, like, I was just staring at you playing Abigail from The Crucible. And we're just like, <laughs> but it's so, it's so wild to just also think about, like, how inappropriate inherently a lot of that stuff was, which, you know, I know there's a lot of theater programs and, um, athletic programs and stuff that are getting in trouble now or like yeah. a lot of the behaviors being revealed because a lot of things in the acting curriculum is just inherently inappropriate. 16-year-old, you know, playing Nora's from the doll, a doll's house at yeah. 15, like the good news is you kind of don't understand. I just didn't even understand what I was doing. I was right. pretending to pretend. I was acting like yeah. I knew, you know, but a lot of what's chosen is in it's just inherently inappropriate because it's always so sexually charged, right? Like, well, because theater is very like they love that dynamic. There yeah. are only so many times you can do Fiddler on the Roof, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, everything is about sex or Nazis. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's kind of like you know, it's just inappropriate subject matter, like in the general. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you know, I think that that that's another thing where I'm like, oh, like because when I try to get my abusers off the hook, which is something that I really. I'm not sure if I need to work on it or not, mm -hmm. but I sort of need to forgive my abusers. It's just like a current okay. um, thing I'm addicted to doing. Okay. Like we forgive others not because they deserve forgiveness, but because we deserve peace. You love an AA moment. It's just I like, love an AA moment. It's yeah. just for me. Yeah. Of Forgiveness course. isn't for them. No, and it's you are the one who gets to heal yourself. There is mm -hmm. no handbook. There is no like these are the steps to feeling okay with your trauma. You get to do it any fucking way you want. If that involves forgiving everybody, yay. If that involves forgiving no one, hurrah. And I think for me it's just something that is like very uh cuz I don't know why I need to do that. It might be me mm. sort of being cerebral about my denial. I might just have a lot of denial. This is also a really fun conversation because we're both still in the middle of it. Like, I would say that neither of us, like, m seeing each other again and, like, the voice memos we shared back and forth and, like, the, the like, gift and the crucible of, like, having someone else who was there. Mm-hmm. It brings everything up. So we are having it right now. There's no way that we can have any perspective on this situation. It's our first conversation about it ever. Mm -hmm. And here's what's odd about it. I can forgive him for what he did to me, but I can't for what he did to you. Like, I can't forgive him for what he did to other people. That's interesting. Which is, I think there's some self-limiting belief or narrative that's like, I can take it. Like, well, do it to me, but don't do it to my friend. But is that like friend. a you deserved it, but I didn't thing that you're putting on yourself, which isn't true, because oh. I don't forgive him for what he did to you, me, or any of my friends. Because I think I was like, I've already been molested. So that ship sailed. My yeah, me too. My, yeah, my heart's this already... This was not like that. This was a totally different yeah. thing. This was a reprogramming of the brain. This was an intentional, like, shuffling of the personality of a child, and that has lasted my whole life, has lasted your whole life. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is beyond forgiveness. Yeah. I accept it. It happened. But like, and for me, there's like, it has tentacles in my life in the sense that like, I would spend time with him outside of school. And my mom would tell me later, like, your dad hated that man. I hated that man. I was like, then why the fuck did you let me go to his house? Yeah, yeah. Like, you saw me sneak out and you couldn't stop me? Drive to the fucking house yeah. and come get me. Like, what the fuck is yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here? And like, but that's not their fault. They didn't know. I didn't know. I think that's tentacles. why I'm going like, I forgive my parents for not doing something about this like older men predator thing. Because yeah. either they had to tell themselves a bunch of lies to rationalize. Like, yeah. Or, yeah. Or the idea that it was 
untoward was so they can't accept go- it. it just yeah. wasn't even on the menu of thoughts like it wouldn't even cross it yeah. wouldn't even cross someone's mind who isn't sick to worry about that yeah and i do think there's a certain i'm like that really hard to like think of this in a linear way because i'm like i'm having it right i'm having a moment um but what it what helps me in moments like this and like mantra moments like this is people did the best they could at the time yeah. My parents did the best they could at the time. And I guess this person also did the best he could at the time. Like maybe he's like you said, fucked. It doesn't mean I have to forgive anybody. But like and I know I did the best I and could. And I at think the time. that you and, and you I did. probably did a really good job of keeping secrets from our primary caretakers. Hundred percent. They were not we they were operating on the data they got from us and we're very good actresses. <laughs> you said I was brilliant. You are brilliant. We heard it first. You I'm are brilliant. brilliant. It's, it's, I'm still, I'm allowed to be jealous of your talent and not you. I'm jealous of your talent. I'm allowed to be jealous. I think there's a, 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 I'm obsessed with healthy jealousy and healthy competition. Jealousy versus envy. Explain that. That's brilliant. So envy's the sin, right? Envy is like, and not, you don't have to believe in God to digest this. I fucking love that saying. You just said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking it forever. Envy is the thing where you want to take it from somebody you don't want them to have it anymore because you love it so much. Jealousy is the recognition that something else is fucking awesome. Awesome. And I'd like some of it. But like I don't want I don't want to take away your talent. I'm just like that's a gorgeous talent and I love it. And it makes me want to do that. But like if it was envy, I'd want to remove your brain from your beautiful little skull and then digest it mm-hmm. and like become second zombie Whitney. But this is <laughs> Please take. Hi. Um this is blowing my mind. Um, this is blowing my mind. So I, yeah, I was thinking uh, there's a scene, the scene in Hill House where uh, you're at your sister, Victoria uh, Pedretti's character's uh, funeral. Uh-huh. And it is the most Neil LeBute fucking genius scene that is just, per any other director, it would be like, this is going on too long, but it's like, yeah, it's, Playing in real time and as someone that is like, I mean, obviously that's a very, it's a different reality. I've been through like at real, this is how weird and specific it is and how long it goes on. Um, And you just made some of the most fucking, I literally like was like, come on, like some of the most (laughs) brilliant choices. Thank you. That were so like funny and real and specific and you, and I guess it's also like to me, I, I, I'm happy for us because not only did we make it, we made it doing what we wanted to do. Yes. You know, because I think both of us could have been, you know, in some reality if I was a little more like compliant or like mm-hmm. less insecure in auditions and, yep. you know, worked out Listen, more. I could have been on How I Met Your Mother once or twice if I was able to control You could have been the wife in Shaggy Dog. I, wow, I'd love to. Do you know money. what I mean? Yeah. You could, yeah, we could totally be like <laughs> the wife that doesn't want sex who kind of hates mm. their husband no. on a sitcom. Like yeah. we could have done that. 100%. Well, I've tried, but they wouldn't let me. Yeah, I know. But they, <laughs> and thank you. And thank you. Thank you for not hiring me for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for not putting me on like a shitty sitcom for nine years. Thank yeah. you for not um, casting me in fucking whatever the CSI Pensacola because I would be on that for 10 years years. you know like you got to do what you do and shine in a way that I think very few people get to God I I feel incredibly lucky in that way I was um so my husband and I worked together and we were just about to go we were in New York going back for his next show and I was just thinking about that that I I carry a lot around a lot of shame that I work with my husband like people think 
I only got this job because I'm fucking the director, which I am. But um, uh, well, you've been married how long? Like seven years. Okay. So are you? No. Well, yes, I am. Yeah, I really awesome. am. I'm joking, it's I'm like joking. a three to four time a week thing. <laughs> that's very important. You're oversexed. I'm oversexed. Do you play student principal? You play everything. Play everything. Never stop acting. Never. <laughs> no, I have. I have a, a wide, exciting, and varied sex life. Um, <laughs> But I, I am the opposite. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's the. I don't. Yeah. I get it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it because then you're. It works once, right? Like he gets to put me in something once, and then what people don't know, and this is the same argument with nepotism babies, and so like I get it. It's like, but it's also the reason he married you. Yeah, you and know we what I'm saying. Collaborated and we did the whole thing. But like, what people don't understand is. Acting is not like becoming a pediatrician. It's not like you go to school for four years, then six years, and you do a residency, and mm-hmm. then you get your thing. Everyone's path is fucking different. Yeah. Everyone gets in a different way. Mm-hmm. Everyone is hustling. Everyone's working hard. Like we said, there's no actress here who's like somebody's daughter who's just sitting on her couch, mm-hmm. and like the producers walk in and like, mm-hmm. you're the one. Emily in Paris is you. Yeah. Like she hustled her fucking ass off, and she only gets <sighs> one chance. Like maybe she did get an extra first chance. Sure. But- but also, um, what a, like, I, there's many things that annoy me about that. But I would, I yeah, please release that shame because I think I go, the reason he married her is because she's the type of person he would want to put in all of her movies as an act. You would yeah. be in his movies regardless. He yes. just lucked out in marrying you. Well, we just fell in love. Like, we didn't mean to. But there's a delivery. Oh. Oh, we have a surprise uh, guest. Is it Bobby Kohler? Fuck! (laughs) You fucking witch! Because everybody talks about how cool Bobby Kohler is now. This is why I didn't want to come back. This is so exciting! I am furious that you know this! Everyone talks about how cool Bobby Kohler is. If it was Lesh Wurzinski, that's when you would have won. Lesh Wurzinski. I'm so good. Look at this. Bobby Kohler is here. Bobby Kohler went to high school with us. Was in our like friend group. Can you grab this and sit next to me? Holy shit. So Bobby Kohler. Again, also, yeah, you can sit there if you want. Oh my God, I feel like Um, I'm time traveling. Where do you want him to go? Just sit right there. Yeah, yeah, you can just sit right there. So Bobby Kohler, again, only <laughs> he here can't even to look at me. He's not even looking at me. Only Bobby did you guys fuck up? The fact that you, the fact that you guys are doing this for fun is like insanity. <laughs> it's also like it tracks completely with high school, though. Like this is the shit is we would have done the for most fun psychotic. Yeah, you guys like want to go back and relive the things that everyone's trying to put behind them. And I'm like so thankful that. We didn't have social media or Instagram. Oh, that's true. Like, I feel like I just detangled my trauma from high school. <laughs> and, like, I should be on, like, an Alcoholics Anonymous like <laughs> list of people to be like, hey, man, sorry about this. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. And then you right. guys, like, are like, come in. Do a podcast. That'll yeah. be a great cathartic way to, like, relive your past. But what we're doing is, like, forgiving ourselves for what we did to almost to ourselves, not only to each other, but like to ourselves. I also find it very strange to hear Bobby Kohler's voice coming out of your face. It's- oh my God. <laughs> what was your perception of us in high school? Oh my God. Oh man, I think that my perception of you guys <laughs> was, I always thought, I thought Whitney was like trying to run a Fortune 500 company out of sin. <laughs> so That's what I told weird. I'm like, she's showing up with like, 
a Starbucks and coffee and like fully A type ready to go. And we're just like trying to figure out who we were. And then yeah. Kate transferred in. Isn't that is- so wild? Because the first thing I said was like, you always showed up with a Starbucks. <laughs> I started doing it because she showed up with a Starbucks well, one day. And I was I like, just needed something. Well, she transferred help. in and she was like the cool kid from public school. Nightmare. Yeah. You kind of like, you know. Do you remember us being friends? Because she said we were kind of friends in the beginning. And then mm-hmm. I don't totally remember that. What happened was I became really close with Mara and Eb, mm-hmm. and that just changed everything. Yeah, and that became like a little coven of three. Yeah, and yeah. Like that got so weird because Mara had been at the school forever, and Elizabeth had been at school forever, and they had a group of five. But I was just like, I'd never had female friends before, Me and either. Mara and Eb like changed my life. Shut up, Bobby Kohler. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows who I am and it's literally like they're like who is this dude like, no, why'd you bring I, him on the show because what is it's, it's so hilarious to me that our because something I talk about on the show all the time is our perception of ourselves how we perceive ourselves versus how other people perceive ourselves it's the thing I wrote about in my book the, the uh, what's your favorite animal your favorite article of clothing the whole that exercise is all about understanding how you're perceived by others versus how you think you're perceived because we are all so dysmorphic in the way we yeah. I will say this the world. is very similar. Like Bobby and I would end up at a lot of parties together at the end of the night and me and Mar and Evie would be talking about shit like this and Bobby would be like, why the fuck are we talking about shit like And that? here's the other crazy. thing about you. I was so not self-aware that I look back and I'm like, oh, you were like the funniest person in school and were hilarious mm-hmm. with like, like what I now do is like roast jokes and observational, but I... Yeah. You observe things that I didn't understand I was giving off, so I didn't even realize how funny you were. I just thought you were me. Wait, sorry. I'm going to address one more thing that you just reminded me of, which was that you were saying that when you were hanging out with older dudes, it was better because they were talking about real stuff and reading books. What you missed out on was like the St. Andrews guys were actually really fucking great. Like I had some of the best conversations of my life with Chess Garrison. Like Who I had, beat me for class president? He was a wonderful class president. You would have been very bad at that job. You I were running wore a, a dress from Urban Outfitters. You were a famous model, was, Whitney. You didn't have the time. I didn't even look at Whitney. <laughs> I didn't even look at Whitney as a model, though. I looked at her as a, just a really elite athlete, like and just you effortless. Were an elite athlete. You know, real. And I tell people that. You know, people are like I was like I, I went to school with Whitney, and you know, she was. I don't really remember like acting per se I think that was later on and then comedy like way, way later on comedy came out of right field you know but but athletics I was nowhere. like oh she yeah. could have played like you know it, it, like our school was like at the time very eh, at athletics yeah. and very good at liberal arts and I think that you with the right nurturing um you know it's like easily d1 you know basketball you could have just it just I think we were all like hey we're happy it's a participation thing. Happy to be here with sports. Whereas like, <laughs> you know, the drama and the yeah. liberal arts side of things, yeah, yeah. Like, we were graduating as you two uh-huh. sit here successful. And then there's Evan and other people that like came yeah. out of it. And I um, had to, ch- I think that for me, I, I de- basketball, I wanted to do that, but then my eating disorder eclipsed it. Like I just couldn't keep That's competing. How dumb high school boys are though. It's like, Oh, wouldn't you have an eating disorder? Just <laughs> Like, guys are just not in tune with anything that was going on, I think. Like, we were a little slow. But also, we were, I'll speak for myself here, I was also very cunning and conniving. Mm. Like, there was, I pulled it off well. I mean, I tricked the eating disorder therapist. Like, you know, like, I could trick anyone with it. And that's what's so insidious about that disease. But it's very isolating. And I was talking to Mara yesterday, and I was just like, I'm so sorry that I came off so aloof. It was, I was just so scared that people would find out or... Um, reveal me in some way or w- want to eat. I hope this gives you um, 
comfort and it doesn't make you feel called out. I don't think you were as subtle as you think you were. That's what's fascinating. I was getting away with none of it. I don't know if you were getting away with none of it. Like you tricked a counselor, you tricked a counselor. But I think we all kind of like kids are less helpful than adults. And so it was like, oh, yeah, Whitney doesn't eat. And it didn't occur, like, we don't have a concept of eating disorders. Right, right, like right, this. right. But I'm like, yeah, I know Whitney doesn't eat. She's really fucking skinny. She's a model. I don't know. And, like, it, I don't, like, yeah, she's not at lunch. Right, right, right. Like, we didn't go out to dinner. Like, I, right. we weren't around. And But it never, I wouldn't have put two and two together because I was a child. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you were getting away with it the way you think you were. But I think it was just the aloofness came, like, what didn't come across was your insecurity. But Interesting. You were into something was going, clearly something was going on. At least like the chicks knew, like girls knew. I think a lot of insecure people come off very confident. Like yeah. I've gotten this a lot in my life. It's kind of my lot in life to be like so scared in a situation or uncomfortable or like socially anxious and like worried that I'm going to say something stupid or make people not like me. And then people are like, oh, I just thought you were a bitch. I'm like, that's so weird because I just wanted you to like me. You know, it's such an, in, like, I don't know how to get, I'm like really working on changing what I give off when I'm saying nothing. I really hope that somebody watches this podcast because <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Many people like, will watch it. I don't know, man. They're going to be like, who are these no. two shows? Right? This is that you realize okay. that celebrity, like, no one cares about, like, this is the shit. This is like real. We're talking this about is the real shit. shit I'm telling you. We talked about the drama teacher for a while. Yeah. Did you guys like, like, was that something that was? I mean, we have group text threads about it. And yeah. It's just like pretty. I mean, it's pretty Why gnarly. Why can't we add Whitney to that group text thread? Yeah, we can. Okay. I mean, listen. Yeah, add me. I will. Yeah, I don't it's know. I, th- I feel like there's a lot of the, the, the '90s is like as you see these documentaries come out, the Von Dutch thing, the Britney Spears thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Abercrombie, yeah, like the toxicity that was we were like permeating through the media, and then we were just living it as we were like, this is how it's supposed to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these big movements happened, you know, way too late, and we kind of were just winging it, and and it kind of left us to a weird place to like not really be observant or protective of our fellow classmates. You know, it wasn't an open and honest thing where someone like could get canceled. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, that's, that behavior is off. Like we need to out this dude and like, you know. But we did, do you guys remember? We did. This can't be on the show. Okay. Um, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) I've been listening to Whitney Cummings talk for the past hour. I'm pulling my hair out. (laughs) I'm going bald with stress. She's giving me a bald spot. Yeah, with her dirty computer screen and shrill ass voice. Okay, we joke, but naturally over half of women will experience hair thinning in their lifetime. That's why I use Nutrafol. Look at, dude, look I know. at it's my- luscious. I Look know. at my ponytail. It's literally, okay? it's like a horse tail. I yeah. literally, I have, I look like Theo Vaughn up until like a year. <laughs> I use Nutrafol. It's clinically effective, a natural supplement, and basically like, I don't know. I'm I'm just at the point in my life where I'm like, if I was gonna get it from my food, I would have. Mm-hmm. I this, the stress of trying to find a food that's gonna have biotin and all mm-hmm. the nutrients I need is what's making me go bald at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. The very thing that you're trying to accomplish is backfiring and stressing you out. Yeah, right. I noticed driving because I'm driving around all the time, like because LA traffic's so bad. I noticed in my rearview mirror, like my the top layer, like the top yep. of my head was getting thinner, and yep. I was like, oh hell no. So I started taking. <laughs> Can I say that? I love this like 180 on Emily that now I am like, we need to cut that. Okay. How Just did cut these, all of that. How did these 
roles reverse so quickly. Okay. No, we're keeping it. Okay, let's talk about it. Your hair story, your hair story, could help another woman. Join the conversation at shedthesilence.com. That's shedthesilence.com. So um, I want to talk about um, life <laughs> and how it's tough <laughs> and full of difficult questions. Hmm. And frankly, mm-hmm. uh, I, as I said that, I did try to put my elbow down and miss. <laughs> so what does happiness really mean? How do I get the most out of my time on Earth, even oh. though I've been dead for 15 years? How many hours is too many hours to play video games per day? These are the questions that host Justin Long seeks to solve on his podcast, Life is Short with Justin Long. Justin is hilarious, he's brilliant, he's super insightful. So if you're looking for an answer to these deep philosophical questions about the meaning of life, Mm. Justin is so funny. You know, he believes that we enrich our experience by learning from others. And that's why in each episode he chats with celebrities, actors, musicians, artists, and more about how they get the most out of their life. Their conversations explore how they felt during their highs and more importantly, lows in their careers, which is why I have not done the podcast because it would be nine hours long if it was just talking about lows. (laughs) You'll learn about those little tricks they employ to stay happy during the hard times. But if I'm being honest, this podcast is mostly just hilarious chats between friends and stupid stuff like, why can't you wear socks with sandals? Listen to Life is Short with Justin Long on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the app. Back to my show. Genuinely, I was always so insecure that I was dumb that I genuinely wanted to learn stuff. Like I yeah. was also kind of a dork and I would like, the classes were like 48 minutes or whatever. At 47 minutes, I'd be like, um, so what did that mean? Like, should, I thought we were going to do a quiz today and everyone would be like, oh. I do remember that. Yes. I was I like such a that. dork. Like I was the person because I couldn't, I wouldn't eat lunch. So I'm like, let's stay here and learn. <laughs> And then at lunch, I would just hang out with Lee Stitzer. I mean, by ba- by Lee Stitzer, I was like friends with the goth girl. Like that was so my shit. Cool. The best. Her and I would just like hang out and smoke cigarettes and during Lindsay lunch. And Lindsay Attar, she was fucking cool. Too. Lindsay Cher was also my uh, friend. I loved it when Lindsay Cher was a sex advice radio host. I did not that know that. Was my favorite like incantation of Lindsay share. Can I tell you something like probably as writers, like uh, writers, actors, whatever to think about. I love job like specific. Job. She now makes living walls. I love that too. And I want one. It, but, so do I. Yeah. And she was delivering fresh fruit for a while. Like had a service that was like oh, delivering really fresh good. fruit. I didn't know about the sex therapy. I will say this though, like thinking through it, a lot of people have very specific and excellent careers. Like Mara makes jewelry. Your Her jewelry is legitimately like it's beautiful. Sick. I'm saving up for one of those beetles. I freaking love it. Um, Mar Green Jewelry. Check it out. Uh, but like Lindsay Cher doing that. You doing music. Like Lesh is a very famous musician. Cool. Um, Tom Taylor's a headmaster. Tom, this is, is that exactly even, are right. Are you to even say, I mean, it's what like, is, that? is that even the right Sucks a lot of dicks? No, he's the Can head, we say master? head of school. No, it's. That's you're it's not the school. head of school. Head of right. school. Right. He's the Excuse head of school. Excuse me. Can you edit I've been that saying out? Like, no, I it's that, th- th- these are no. There's we can, but I'm big on the show about going. That was the term until it, we now know it's wrong. But if we don't talk about yeah. what it used to be, use it, but it's not great. Yeah, it's but not I think great. like saying master bedroom. You're not supposed to say master but, bedroom. But anymore. most people don't like. They get to learn that. Great. And not uh, embarrass themselves at work. But that is a perfect career for Tom Taylor. Yeah, he was basically like our parent of the class as well, yeah. you know. There and then a lot of responsible chess in our class is, I think, in politics, I yeah, thought. Chess is in politics. Chess is going to be such a good politician. 
Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. The best actor of all, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> um, what? Okay, I feel like I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't get you in trouble. I don't know. I, I mean, we'll see. Like, we'll, it wouldn't we'll occur that. to me that someone would want privacy in their life in any capacity. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, this is going to open up something that I don't even know. Like, because I don't know that there was a kid stalked. Like, you got stalked, right, by someone at school. I got stalked. A bunch of kids got stalked by a kid mm-hmm. that was under us and, like, in the world that we live in. Yeah. Like, there's people that probably really dislike all of us potentially from high school and it's just like shit. I'm serious crazy if yeah. you can't beat up your own stalker you don't deserve to be famous yeah but stalkers just hot take they go straight to the AR-15s these days oh yeah I do it's a different speed this world we it grew is. up in a world where it was like Columbine 1 right? right 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 and you're just like wow now it's just like kids socials guns in schools mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade. Like, I mean, I, the, the, that, this generation of high school kids is just like... That's the other thing. That's the other thing. And I think that, that's why this is like so relatable because it's it's not over. You know what I'm no. saying? It's not... No. This still happens. Just It just looks different. Yeah. You know? It's like a, a different kind of trauma for people currently in high school. Like, so, yeah. I think it's just important to like talk about these like, you know, how important it is to just lean into your female friendships and have compassion for people you're in high school with because yeah. like don't wait 20 years to figure this but out but also there's Do something now. to be said about like the depth of connection we were able to make 20 years ago mm-hmm. that i'm still stoked to see bobby yeah. polar right now and like talk about this and like all of these feelings you cannot, are Zoom. You and cannot make new old friends. Exactly. You and, just can't. And I was a, a big fan of like Burn a Bridge, Never Look Back because I just was so scared of hearing things I had said that had hurt people or whatever. But in reality, you don't, it's not what the conversation's really about after a point. Mm-mm. It's about these points of connection that were real and like, where, I just read something recently. It says, you don't make friends like the friends you made when you were 15 wow. ever again. Wow. It's just not like that. Like, I would remember these nights where I would, like, we would all pile into this bed in Evie's basement, and we would lay there, like, boys, girls, heads in each other's laps, yeah. just, like, talking about the meaning of life and, like, who these people would become. Yeah. And if any of them walked into this room, no matter yeah. what happened, I'd be like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. And I would like get on a plane. There's a level of like love, unconditional Small love there. Small went through a lot together. Like, yeah. yeah. And You're I think that there's years. also like, to me, there's this like, a uh, high school, pe- that I was hurt. And it's like, like, I think that we all forgive each other and doing 100%. this helps us forgive ourselves. Yes, and realize it's not as bad as you thought it was. It no, wasn't as never. big as it was in your head. And like you've gone through it and you've thought about it, but when you sit across from someone, you're like, oh, look, look at you, human. I Everything love you. was so traumatic and such a yeah. big deal at the time and we didn't have right-sized reactions. And you're like, of course, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And we didn't know that at the time. But to now just be like, oh yeah, that weird thing we had that was like the biggest deal in the world. Like that was just, it just happened. us being human beings. And if there's, this is the first time in history where people like us can talk like this, have conversations like this, and then next For generation. hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah and, yeah, and the next generation can listen to it and go like, oh, let's cut that time in half. Like, you don't have yeah, to wait 20 years. Yeah, just like get over, move on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that big of a deal and like there's a way to heal faster because I, I think for, for me, like, you know, and I don't mean to get too gendered about it, but the difference between men and women jokes paid for this house. So um, I do think there's a, a scarcity complex that you and I were both very um, 
you know, fell victim to of this, like, it's me or you, and yeah. we're competitive with each other, and it could only be one of us. And I had that a lot in comedy also. It was like, you know, other female comedians. It really was, there's only one girl that's going to be on a lineup. So as soon as I kind of started to go like, oh, maybe the scarcity complex thing is a mirage, or maybe this is something that's like internalized misogyny or whatever, and then I get into comedy and it's true. Yeah. Like it's literally true. So it like made my scarcity complex even worse because it was like they just need to check one box to have a girl. But the guys don't fucking do that shit. The guys share they go like, I don't even have to fucking like you, dude. Let's get on the same team and we'll both win even harder if we support each other. Whereas women tend to go like not give each other support because if I support you, that's less for me. Mm-hmm. You know? But mm-hmm. I think that that we're seeing that that's not necessarily true. And supporting other women actually everybody wins and the we just have to think in terms of like abundance instead of scarcity think about this a class of 70 and two women come out of it and just that's the thing it's like competition maybe it also I mean, there was time when I was crying about the premiere of Whitney and your inevitable I was um, crying too don't worry but I was like I can't fucking stop now if I stop now then I'll never beat Whitney (laughs) (laughs) well it's like uh, uh, I was on the phone with Mari yesterday and she was like yeah like you know I was like I've just been so jealous of Kate for so long and and she was like well I think we're kind of jealous of you too and I was like wait so can I stop now did I win no (laughs) 22 years later I'm like okay did I beat Kate we're never gonna fucking win but it's also I think there's like I don't know I I I just I'm so grateful for it now like in so many ways I think that again because our job is to overthink things and pick things apart and we have such big haunted houses you definitely beat me like a hundred percent you created so many TV shows you have your own specials on Netflix and you have two gorgeous children and amazing husbands I do have a good husband yeah you you have balance in your life and you're also doing what exactly what you wanted to do and you were made in a lab to do what you're doing Wow. Like, it is so fucking impressive. You're not on these, like, dumb... You're not just a working actress. You are, like, living to the top of your potential. And I believe that in the the performances I've seen you do in these shows, no one could do them better. And it's just so fun to watch. You not having to play beneath your intelligence level or beneath what you're capable of. And it's so fun to watch. This has been a remarkably healing conversation. Um, I remember thinking so early on when you came out as a comedian, because we all knew you as kind of this Fortune 500 CEO feeling thing, being like, what do you mean she's so fucking funny? And I would listen to your bits and I would watch you and like on shows and like on late night and then your specials and be like, how fucking lucky. Like. On top of everything else, she was like a secret comic genius. Oh, gosh. Inside. And like you really, you take all of it, all of what has been like traumatic and like the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, and you turn them into these like beautiful, tiny, like glass animals of humor that you then smash. And like that full synthesis, it's so rare and brave. I hope, do you hear that a lot? Yeah, I hope you hear that a lot, that you are rare and brave. Bobby's fine. You're rare and brave. <laughs> It is, by the way, this is one of the braver things I've seen anyone do is just walk in this room and start fighting about abortion. <laughs> it's really fucking impressive. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm really in are. awe of you. That is our liberal arts education. And then you, like, is it's wild because it's like, I do think people look at comedians and they're like, you're so brave and you take so many risks. And to me, it's like, this is the safest choice because uh, comedy, for someone that's attracted to doing it, it's how we can... 
basically we become comedians to control how we're embarrassed. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I understand that. This is the same, like me being on stage with like a security guard that makes it so no one's allowed to talk back. Like this yeah. to me is the safest way. It's, I'm not um, taking a risk at all in a lot of ways. Acting is the but, most humiliating thing I've ever done. I am so fucking blown away by how like vulnerable and beyond brave you are in your work. Well, the feeling's mutual. It like, it, it is like a horror, like all your shows, they're horror shows on many levels. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and she's just crying and there's no cuts. And there's just- He'll never cut. He's he always never, that's that never the, the, you know, Okay, so this is just a real, just for everyone. Not only are these, most performances are cut together in post to make well, when good. When you um, watch these shows, look at how few cuts are on Kate's performances. These are eight minutes straight. It's not she had nine takes and in between all the takes, that's what happened. This is like totally uncut. It's true. He does love to let me just run. It's, and it goes back to the teacher. Like I've had a series of problematic teachers who made me into an actress. And with one, is there another? I don't know, whatever. But thank you for noticing that. I, that's something I'm particularly proud of. I'm like, no cuts? No cuts? It's eight minutes? No cuts? And this is still fucking flat. Like it's... I'm just, I'm totally blown away by you. I, I feel like I picked the right person to be jealous of. Okay, I Same. was I was right this whole time. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for being jealous of someone that deserved it. What do you think John Clark is doing right now? Do you I, know what John Clark is doing right now? <laughs> Whitney's boyfriend, John Clark? The one with his hair parted in the middle? It was... No, he was like, he had a perfect jaw and his parents were never home. That's, oh, that sounds like trouble if you're a junior. That is so. <laughs> I went to some sh dance with him. Yeah. I think he went to. He's like super smart. He went to like Carnegie yeah, Mellon. Super smart, right? Did I make Perfect. that up? No, or like some really great guy. Another one of the really great St. Andrews guys. Like just like a nice guy. Didn't fuck around. Didn't hurt anybody. Really smart. You know. Now I'm like, this is home. my new kink to like reconnect with these people from high school and be like, oh, like all these people we're looking for in our lives to enrich our like they're they were here this whole time. They're right Maybe. here. It was right in front of you. All They're along, on Dorothy. Facebook. They're all on now Facebook. Now I have to go give my data to Facebook in order to reconnect. I love you guys. I really, I'm, I, I, I feel uh, like I didn't nail this, but that's okay. No, it was great. No, I think you nailed you it exactly post, right. right. You guys can. Yeah. Hmm. Edit whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, now I just want to hang out with you and it's yeah. not, so I let me just I feel God stop. in this Chili's tonight. Okay, so we're going to do a separate episode. I'm going to kidnap her again and make her come back to just only talk about your career. Amazing. Um, because that was just a lot about our... I think it's great. I would, I would, that's what I was hoping for. I, mm -hmm. I talk about my career too much anyway. I wanted to talk about real life shit with you. That's why I was like, publicists stay home. Don't want any of that shit. I want to talk to Whitney. And I think it will be an intelligent conversation and worth other people watching. And then I think it became exactly that. And so I hope you don't feel like you blew this one. You yeah, know? I was like, if I'm embarrassed at the end, that means it was good. Yes. We have been vulnerable. And yeah. that's important. Yeah. I think the fact that I'm like in a spiral means we nailed it. Oh, God. <laughs> I love you guys. Kate Siegel, BobbyKohler.com. <laughs> Don't ride elephants. The It's Always the Right Time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. 
if we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.